to another episode of Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news and gossip. I'm Marnie Dixit and I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts this week, both of them, thankfully, <laughs> Summer Rose. Hello. And Steph Nutso. Hi, I missed you. Long time oh, we no, missed you. No <laughs> Coming up on the show, we're chatting about why it is that we hate certain female celebs. Rebel Wilson shares the surprising byproduct of her weight loss. The Black Lives Matter movement reaches a new high and heaps more. So let's get into your pop fix where we fill you in on everything that's happened in the entertainment world this week. Former Grey's Anatomy star uh, Catherine Heigl, she's made headlines over the weekend after she spoke with the Washington Post about the impact of being labelled as difficult. Um, the story, it's quite interesting to me uh, because, you know, Heigl was one of those actresses back in the day who was, she was just kind of everywhere for a minute there. In everything. Oh, yeah. yeah she, you couldn't see a rom-com or anything that she wasn't in. Definitely. Exactly. So... Once these rumours started to kind of emerge and pick up speed about her being, you know, difficult, about her being a diva, her reputation just really went to shit quite quickly. Now, I don't know if you guys are aware of the story that kind of kicked off all of these these whispers. I don't think I am. Her. No, yeah. I thought it was like a amalgamation of things. Well, I, th- I mean, that, that may be the case, but the first thing, as far as my readings have kind of indicated to me the first thing that really started it all um was back like around 2008 when she was you know starring as Izzy in um Grey's Anatomy and she removed herself as a candidate for an Emmys nomination oh Oh, yeah yeah and so when she was asked about that decision she said that it was because she wasn't given the material in that role for that particular season um to that to warrant a nomination essentially and i've read a couple of things apparently there was a bit of a mixture here but she had asked for less of a prominent role because she was taking on a lot of movies at that time right but anyway it kind of came across a little salty and sort of um egocentric to say something like that kind of like self-sabotage too like oh no i don't deserve an emmy because well, yeah. or shading the writers, obviously. No, um, yeah, so basically when that happened, uh, it just pissed off a lot of people and it seems that her relationship with Shonda Rhimes as well as broader Hollywood just kind of was derailed from, from that point onwards. So, you know, to be clear, it's not like she never worked again. She has done movies since that point and I'm sure she's doing quite fine financially. Um, but, you know, it was a very obvious drop-off after that peak period, um, you know, when she was doing 27 dresses and um, knocked up and things like that. So the thing with this is that I do think it was a terrible decision on Heigl's part to make that statement. <laughs> it was not the wisest choice. Not ideal, yep. And I understand why people didn't respond well to it, Um but did she deserve to like kind of be sort of cancelled? I don't really think so. And she maybe she was like one of the first people to be kind of cancelled. Yeah. Her and like maybe Anne Hathaway. Yeah, yeah, maybe. This is before cancelled was even a thing. It was just a like thing. they just disappeared, yeah. and you were like, I kind of hate that person now, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like where did Seriously. they go? What are yeah. they up to? Yeah. So I don't know. It's just been I've been thinking about it a little bit, and the story it it does remind me of this broader trend that we see in Hollywood all the time and Jamila Jamil has spoken about it 
um, in the past, and she calls it oversaturation, I believe. And basically, it's just when you know Hollywood has its it girl, and then the media grabs onto any negative story they can find. I love how much the media. It's... <laughs> not us. Not us. It's definitely not us. Um, yeah, uh, it's they they find negative stories and they kind of latch onto them and or they just pub- publish a stupid amount of articles um, based on that person and over time the public does tend to get over that actress or singer or whatever. One hundred percent. You know, it's happened to. Meghan Markle, Taylor Swift, Anne Hathaway, as you mentioned before, um, Chrissy Teigen, Jennifer Lawrence, and even Jamila Jamil herself. I do think that like this probably is a much more um, complex and intense issue when it comes to women of colour specifically, but it happens across the board. And so like, I, I do think that to a certain degree that maybe this is kind of what happened to he- Hegel as well, S- sort of. Mm. So I just wanted to know what you guys think. Do you think that... She- you know, Catherine Heigl. I called her Heigl before. That was weird. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to say anything. Heigl, I was like, I'll just let her keep going. <laughs> Do you think that she kind of got what she deserved or is this sexism and the industry sort of at play? I thought that that was quite interesting because Jamila Jamil was talking as well about how um, the Sunday Mirror was saying that they had a big exclusive mm. with her and in reality they'd just taken something that she had said in an interview yep. a couple of weeks prior or something. I thought that was ridiculous because it's such a big newspaper yeah. to be saying that they've got an exclusive when in reality they've just taken mm. a line from another interview. Mm. That's the complete opposite yeah. of an exclusive <laughs> no, it's, Sunday Mirror. It's right? everywhere. It's <laughs> that is available. so Sunday Mirror. <laughs> After weeks. Um, but, yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's so true. There are just some people that you talk about you know week in week out and even for us you know Steph I know that we've written about certain people especially in the Australian media (laughs) married at first sight probably people who maybe people liked and now not so much um and it's so right Jennifer Lawrence was 100% this golden girl for so long when she was in the Hunger Games and then you know beyond that and we were talking about her so much and then we just got to see her her face anymore yeah yeah do i i don't know if it's the same with katherine heigl like i don't know if her kind of shading the writers or the show or something maybe i mean i don't know if the other people have done that really so um well i was thinking about this and and two people that come to mind when talking about oversaturation one where someone doesn't seem to be that affected and someone who was um there's angelina jolie she was everywhere. I mean, people still love her. She's not really in things. She directs movies now. True. But I feel like that's um, her choice. I feel like if you could get Angelina Jolie back, you would. But think about all the crazy shit she's done. I mean, she kissed her brother on the red carpet. She had a vial of blood with Billy Bob Thornton. She stole um, Billy Bob Thornton s- from my favorite. Yeah, there you go. No, sorry. She didn't steal him. He did that. <laughs> too, so. yeah Yeah, true um so if you think about that even though she did all these like deemed inappropriate things uh she was still the egg girl for so long and then you think about megan fox who uh was huge because of transformers now she did something which i think was quite awful um but i think it it points to it depends on who you're pissing off and 
how it mixes with that saturation. So she spoke about Michael Bay, who directed Transformers, the movie she was in. Um, and she said, I can't shit on this movie because it did give me a career and open all these doors for me, but I don't want to blow smoke up people's ass. People are well aware that this is not a movie about acting. She's not wrong. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's not fantastic. But the, yeah, the thing that she said that I was just like, ooh, was she went on to say that Michael Bay is like Napoleon and he wants to create this insane, infamous madman reputation. He wants to be like Hitler on his sets. And he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So comparing Michael Bay to Hitler, I think, for one, trivializes what Hitler did and the suffering that it caused. Yeah, for sure. So, but she was someone that we saw all the time. And I wonder if you piss off the right person, or in this case, I guess, the wrong person in Hollywood, would it ruin you because you can be oversaturated and people won't hate you but i think as consumers we need to think about why not so much like we kind of go on the attack when we're like oh so annoying i can't believe she said that about him and can't believe katherine heigl would diss her writers why does she think she'd even win an emmy but megan fox came out i think june mid last year and spoke about her relationship with Michael Bay um, and a lot came out. It turns out when she was 15, she was in one of his movies and he sexualized her. He made her dance in a bikini in a waterfall. So clearly there's bad blood here. So I think it's so complex. I think saturation does obviously come into it, but also if you're going to say something like that about anyone you work with in the, in the normal world, you you'd probably get fired. Like, if I called my boss Hitler, I yeah. would be fired. Oh, jeez, yeah. Um, so I think Catherine Heigl made a dumb mistake and uh, she's probably faced the consequences for it. But, you know, I think maybe she pissed off the wrong people too because think about it, Shonda Rhimes is pretty huge and always yeah. has been. And I think, um, like, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of entitlement there that she, I don't know, even if she asked for less content like she still wanted to be the the center of attention i'm not sure how that worked but it it sort of comes across that way but i do think that it's just interesting to kind of consider because you think about other reputations like christian bale who will like scream at people on set and then continue to have like a really successful career and people still, I don't know. I haven't heard too many people be like, "Fucking hate Christian Bale." No, like, that's I know that- so true. It is. No, it is. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's a classic thing. If, if it were a man, it would have been seen as a very different thing. I think. Like, mm. if she was Christian mm. Bale in that situation, people would be like, "You know what? Maybe he wasn't given the right uh, stuff to work <laughs> with." Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe he's right. But, yeah, being a woman, it's like you're complaining, you're being a bitch, you're... You're being a diva. Yeah, exactly. You're difficult. So I I do agree with what you're saying. Before I start off this story, I want to say I will probably pronounce some names incorrectly, so I apologise in advance. Okay. Norwegian politician Peter Eide? Eide? I'm not sure. I'm sorry. 
Well, Peter nominated the Black Lives Matter movement for this year's Nobel Peace Prize. Good on you, Which is huge. Yeah. In his nomination papers, he wrote that not only has the movement been important for African Americans, but it has raised global awareness and consciousness about racial injustice. He wrote, awarding the Peace Prize to Black Lives Matters as the strongest global force against racial injustice will send a powerful message that peace is founded on equality, solidarity and human rights and that all countries must respect those basic principles. On the flip side, another Norwegian politician, Christian Tybring Gedi, has nominated uh, Donald Trump for his role in the Israel and United Arab Emirates peace deal. Um, I think I think I know uh, who's more likely to win here, but I thought it was a really interesting uh, nomination because, you know. Uh, the founders, Alicia Garza, Opal Tometi, and Patrice Cullors, um, really did start something that I think moved the world. Oh, for sure. But do you think it's clear-cut that something like the Black Lives Matter movement could win the Nobel Peace Prize? I've never... I, do you know what? I, I honestly know nothing about the Nobel uh, prizes in any way. <laughs> but I think yeah. that like, a movement that has done so much worldwide should 100% be um, celebrated and I can't think of anything better to be given an award to be honest for all the work that they did and and you know when when those I think was it three or four people when they founded the movement would they have ever imagined that it would grow to be such a big thing you know like it's not just in America it's you know it's had a big presence everywhere they should definitely win. They should be recognised and they should win. Yeah. I feel like it would be a nice kind of recognition of the work and, and also the um, necessity and importance of the movement. I actually, honestly, this might sound so stupid, but I didn't before this realise that like a like a movement or something like that could be nominated. I think it's really great. I mean, really, if you think about it, it is bigger than those three people but it would be like those three women started that so like i mean i guess it's really yeah it's everybody's like everybody who's involved in it it's their win as well but i would say like for them three it would be like such an incredible um you know nod and i think that like i was having a look because i believe that the nominations are now closed for 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 this year's um consideration so it's just interesting to see the the lineup that has come through. I haven't seen like the entire list, but when you see, you know, Black Lives Matter and then World Health Organization, um, I feel like that would divide a lot of opinions. The World Health Organization. Oh yeah, probably. So yeah, but then you got Greta Greta Thunberg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. She was nominated, and also Alexei Navalny. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sounds right. Never heard of him. But he um, is a Russian opposition leader who is an anti-corruption activist, did a lot of work with, um, obviously, the situation in Russia. So you've got them and then you've got Trump. So, so that's interesting. Mostly deserving people. Well, yeah. And I think Alexei Navalny, um, the people have been protesting because Alexei was getting treated for poisoning in Germany and then came back um, to Russia 
and got, uh, I want to say abducted, but I'm sure that's not the diplomatic word. Uh, so people protested and now Russia's like arrested thousands of people. So it's, it's really interesting to see what these nominations can bring out of people that, you know, clearly for some, something like the Black Lives Matter movement or something like an opposition leader to a Russian mm, politician, let's be diplomatic. Um, Clearly, that's deserving. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, I think a little part of me is worried about some kind of backlash or something when really it should all be about the celebration of the good that's been done. For sure. And I think it's a big step that it's it's nominated. I mean, it's because when you put all those things together, you're like, okay, well, there are a lot of things that are deserving. But I find, like, I feel like one of the reasons why the Black Lives Matter movement is so important as well as talking about things like Invasion Day or Survival Day, like we did last week, it's because there are so many people who still aren't listening. They, mm, they don't get yes. it. They don't understand the pain that comes from being part of a marginalised group. I received this email from someone recently and I normally wouldn't care. They found me like through my website. It was a bit weird. Um, mm. But I was like, oh, this guy's such a dickhead and this is why we need to keep talking about this stuff. So... Last week I wrote a story about how a lot of people on social media were a bit pissed off at Delta Goodrum because uh, she performed on Australia Day and she never once mentioned Survival Day or the First Nations peoples. And, of course, if you don't wow. even acknowledge it and you're clearly celebrating, people are going to be mad. Mm. And, mm. of course, there were some people who thought she was just great, but there's always going to be divided opinion. And so, anyway, here's this guy's email. And I'm sorry to say, like, probably much of it won't make sense because trolls really do. But <laughs> he even spelt Delta Goodrin's name wrong. And at, at the beginning, I thought it was a positive email because he goes, Hi, Marnie, I've read your article on Delta Goodrum. Who gave you permission to talk falsely on behalf of the majority of people in Australia about the, as you, the First Nation people? I don't know if he thinks what? I'm Indigenous. I'm not sure. Let me make this perfectly clear for you. White Australia owe our black Indigenous people nothing. We are also <gasps> exhausted of people like yourself who feel the only way to get noticed is by writing a derogatory article of a woman who was simply singing a song. I think you people have concluded yourself into thinking you are special and deserve special care and treatment. I'm confident the greater majority of Australians would, also he spelt this as in like would, like, like chopping from a tree, wood. yep, disagree. <laughs> You people are pathetic, full of excuses of why Indigenous are as they are. Now you think I'm wrong about what I'm saying. Then write another article about what I've said and let's see how the chips fall towards <gasps> your thinking or mine. Put your money where your mouth is and let's see. All the best, Adam. Um, Adam. Okay, Adam. <laughs> why is she putting her money where her mouth is? She, you didn't challenge him. I didn't challenge him. Why would I write an article about what he thinks? He actually signed off with his full name, so he didn't even care about using like a false name or anything. He's happy to tell oh, me exactly he who he is. He obviously thinks he deserves wow. to be the centre of the conversation. Yeah, so it's dickheads like this that need people like those who founded the Black Lives Matter movement to start these conversations and to hopefully – educate enough people so it's no longer something that we need to protest around yeah. the globe that is honestly i mean i don't know i'm not surprised i guess you know i um yeah when i wrote some stuff some articles over about about invasion day and i made an active choice not to use the term australia day in any of the yep. work that i did on it and people obviously noticed that. And someone literally made an email address that 
like I'm not going to give the email address, but it, it actually was based yeah. around the term Australia Day, the entire email address. And, um, yeah, right. Yeah. What? And, and went through and commented on a bunch of articles being like, call it what it is. It's Australia Day. And just was so angry. But oh, it's only been like, well, it's never been, well, I guess it's been deemed Australia Day for what, like 20 something years? Yeah, like 26 years or something. We Get over it. Just change the damn day. It doesn't even need to yep. exist. But, I was like, he said yeah. new people a lot of times, that guy, to you. And, like, he's just straight out being like, here's my racism on a plate. Like, I'm not even. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, and, and providing his name, too. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing stopping you from looking him up, I, figuring I out where he works. Up, and I, I think I found the person on Facebook. Um, and uh, given, I'm just assuming from the other stuff that he's shared on mm. Facebook, which was just disgusting. Like just oh. disgusting stuff. So I'm like, I'm assuming that that is you. Um, yeah. And yes. So let's just hope the Black Lives Matter movement continues to educate people. You may be aware that last year, Rebel Wilson embarked on a weight loss journey and she ended up losing around 20 kilograms during her year of health after years of being told she could only be the fat girl in Hollywood and her career would take a nosedive if she lost weight. Oh, don't you love Hollywood? She eventually decided, stuff that, I want to be healthy for myself. I don't care about what others say. And she looks great because you can tell that she's really happy now thanks to her healthier lifestyle and she's just got so much more confidence and everything. Um, in an interview with The Morning Crew with Husey, Ed and Erin, Rebel shared a surprising byproduct of her weight loss journey that she hadn't expected. She said, I like to think that I looked good at all sizes and stuff and I've always been quite confident. So it's not like I wasn't confident and now I'm super confident. I think what's been really interesting is how other people treat you. Sometimes being bigger, people didn't necessarily look twice at you, she continued. Now that I'm in good shape, people offer to carry my groceries to the car and hold doors open for you. Is this what other people experienced all the time, she joked. And I mean, it's pretty fucked up. The society doesn't treat everyone the same, no matter the way that they look. But it's interesting because Shonda Rhimes, actually, you know, just keep talking about Shonda Rhimes now, she actually shared something similar in 2017. She wrote in her Shondaland newsletter, after I lost weight, I discovered that people found me valuable, worthy of conversation, a person one could look at, a person one could compliment, a person one could admire. Khloe Kardashian also said the same thing, telling Harper's Bazaar in 2016, I definitely think the fashion industry and people in general look at me more now that I've lost weight. Even on shoots, I would never have options for clothing. There would always be this attention on Courtney and Kim, but I was too much work for stylists or they had nothing in my size. It just highlights how fat phobic we are as yeah. a culture, right? Like, it, it, did this surprise you guys? Or were you like, eh, so that sounds about right? Like, I, Yeah, sense. no, I wasn't surprised at all. It's, it's really sad. But, like, I've also kind of just been thinking about the narrative around Rebel Wilson in general since she's lost weight and you could just see that the the way that she's reported on things the stories that kind of come up related to her are quite different like you know everyone's super interested in her love life now and that is like, so true you, yes yeah it's a huge mm. thing I mean obviously she's dating a guy but like I'm, I'm just saying it's just like she's framed in a different way from this that's the way that I've interpreted yep. it and you know things like it's you know, people want to hear about her opinions on health and goals now, whereas before probably not as much. And I just think it's really clear that when it comes to people who don't fit 
that mold of what society deems to be classically beautiful, which is absolute bullshit. Um, there's all just kinds of erasure that happens like all the time. And this is just one very clear example of it. I, I do think she's going to probably start to get offered different types of roles now too. She's not going to just be looked at that fun as a funny, like bigger girl. Um, and yeah, I, but no, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I do have to say that I don't know who these people are who are offering to carry grocery bags. Cause, like, I know. That's never happened to me either. That's lovely. I'm like happy for her, but. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I also think that she's. I think I would be offended. I'd be I like, I can carry my own damn stuff. <laughs> I reckon she's creating a lot of her own roles for herself anyway now. She's producing That's a lot. That's true. Yes, yes. So I think that she's just gone, well, you guys wouldn't give me the roles that I wanted, so I'm just going to make them for myself, which is awesome phenomenal yeah, and to be in her. that position to do that yeah. now in her career is so good um yeah that's amazing i yeah i genuinely haven't thought about like it how people like if i lost weight would people treat me differently um it is weird to hear that they'll do things like be more polite it's like why can't you just be polite to everyone it's just called basic decency you'd think I just hope that they don't, you know what they, you know when like women are attractive and Rebel Wilson is a beautiful woman, was when she was bigger, mm-hmm. still is, but I just wonder if, I just, I foresee like people will focus less on how funny she is and more the way she looks and then that will spiral into a she's not that funny right. kind of thing. You know when like Amy Schumer got really big? Yeah. Not big, but famous, like yeah. famous. Yeah. People are like, oh, she's not that funny. I'm like, well, she's been as funny as she always has yeah. been. It's just, it's weird when you can't be funny, you can't be, like, you can't be funny and confident in yourself. Like, you have to, as a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense, but. As in, like, the brand of, the brand of humor that we seem comfortable with when it comes to women is that self deprecating. Like, yes yeah exactly like, yeah, the whole thing of like i'm a bit of a loser like look at me with my failed situation I'm not saying that that's what it yeah, was at yeah. all but i'm just saying no that is maybe the kind that we're most comfortable with and tends to land most exactly and i don't know why well society women sucks are not funny come on <laughs> <laughs> clearly not clearly we're not none of us are funny either no so, as we know, many Hollywood A-listers are flocking to Australia. They're, they're moving down here. They're working on projects. Um, and that includes Chris, well, Chris Hemsworth is from here, but, um, <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi, uh, have been in the news recently because they're working on Thor Ragnarok's sequel, Thor Love and Thunder. So Taika Waititi is directing it uh, after his huge directorial success with Ragnarok and Chris Hemsworth of course plays Thor. Um, And while there's buzz about having celebs like Tessa Thompson, Chris Pratt and Natalie Portman in Australia, Thor Love and Thunder has been trending for a very different and I think quite a special and wholesome reason. Taika officially started production on the film with a welcome to country. The ceremony had Gamay dancers from Gadigal and Bidigal Nation. I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. And they also had a Karakia, which is a prayer from Te Aranganui, which is a Māori kapahaka group based in Sydney. 
Um, Taika shared images of the Welcome to Country on Twitter and said, I encourage all filmmakers to engage with First Nations peoples whenever shooting your films. It's worth it and it's the right thing to do. Chris Hemsworth also shared images of the Welcome to Country and focused on January 26th. He said, let's begin the healing and stand together in unity and support our First Nations people with solidarity and compassion. Let's find a date where all Australians can celebrate this beautiful country together. So what do you two think about this story? Is this like lovely and it should be done or will it, do you think it could become tokenistic to, with some, some Hollywood people? Oh, I hadn't really thought of it like that. I, I honestly, I would just expect nothing less of, Taika and Chris if I'm being honest I think that you know obviously Taika is Maori and he is very outspoken about all of you know issues and things like that when it comes to indigenous people and Chris I think has also been quite outspoken so I I think it's really great to see them doing that and then to encourage other filmmakers to follow their lead because there are going to be so many overseas um, people coming in to shoot films and maybe they're not you know Australian maybe they're American or from the UK or whatever it is and to see maybe you know if they're looking at Tyker's socials or Chris's socials and seeing that this is something that they should do then maybe it will start a a, a nice trend I didn't think about it becoming tokenistic though if I'm being honest I didn't I didn't think about it becoming like a you know I don't know yeah yeah no neither did I I kind of I I saw that and the first thing that I thought was that you know it was a really um great way to use both of their platforms to have a conversation or to to share some um insight into you know like january 26th and 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 a lot of the misunderstandings behind that and because they're such big names and they're both so well liked they're just great people to put out something like that because I feel like, I mean, the sad truth is just people, people like you, the more likely to listen to you, right? You're Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> and more likely to carry your groceries. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was really, really awesome um, and a, a really respectful and well-thought-out way of, of using their platforms. But as a broader thing, if that does become – a routine for people coming to produce films in Australia. I love that. I think that's so good. It should just be a thing that people recognise as respectful. And, you know, I think there are more conversations about the need and the um, the value in things like Welcome to Country and, and recognising those traditions. So if that can be taught at a broader level, like, why not? I love that. Yeah, I love it too. And I think I'm really excited for Australia and even New Zealand's future for for filmmaking. I think we've especially in Australia we've got so much space and we're doing when there's so much further to go, but we're doing better with our with um acknowledging our history. Uh and I yeah, I think if Chris Hemsworth and Tyker can raise a platform and say, you know, it's respectful to do this, then any everyone should be able to do it. So, yeah. I th- I love this story. All right, we'll be back in just a moment for Reality Roundup. Haven't had that in a while. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Popfix Podcast. We'd love to have you in our Facebook group, which you can find if you search the same thing. We'd also love you if you could leave us a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying the show.
you're listening to Pop Fix and it's time for Reality Roundup, which is, of course, solely dedicated to maths and the reunion episodes that are airing at the moment. Um, so in case you didn't know because you just chose not to care, which is totally fine. <laughs> The Maths Reunion has started airing on Channel 9 and I should say we're recording this on Monday night and we have not witnessed the madness of the second episode yet, but I thought that we could recap on some of the big moments and rumours that we've seen so far. So um, first, I'll just let you guys know the people that have returned. So there's Cyril Paul, Jessica Power, Martha Kalifatidis, Michael Brunelli, Dean Wells, Nasa Sultan, Sarah Rosa, Tracy Jewell, Joe McFarlane, Ashley, I think it's Irvin, I don't know if this might be a spelling mistake here. Uh, Lizzie Sobanoff, Charlene Pereira, Ines Basic, Troy Delmige, Ryan Gallagher, Sebastian Gilhouse, and Mike Gunner. That's a lot of names. So, yeah. <gasps> I know. Take a deep breath. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so, of course, just having Cyrell, Jessica, and Nasa and Martha in the room, actually, it was going to be explosive anyway. Um, but... Yeah, Nasa was definitely the real villain of the night because he had been bad-mouthing pretty much everyone at the dinner party over the last few years on social media. We all know that Nasa is a... Nasa? Nasa? <laughs> Heagle, heigle, Nasa. <laughs> That's because I was going to call him a narcissist. Oh. Narcissist. <laughs> narcissist. Yeah, so we all know that Nasa is a narcissist and when Michael began telling him off for being a troll, which he absolutely is, he couldn't take it and he ends up leaving early. Uh, it's actually quite funny because I spoke to Nasa on the phone today and he wouldn't stop saying how he's not a troll, he only comments on things that have happened. He's like, a troll is someone who you know comes at you directly in your DMs and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. no, I don't think that's, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Um, no, because there just... were trolls before there were DMs, so. Yeah, and just like, ugh, he just says such shit about people. So, mm. of course, everyone was going to come for him. They had, they had the perfect moment, and Channel 9 would have been like, yeah. <laughs> Rubbing their hands together. <laughs> so, yeah, he ended up storming off, which was, I mean, you know, a bit silly. He couldn't take it. He can dish it out, but he can't take it. But never fear, guys, because there was Cyrell drama and she hated it because Martha and Jess had made up earlier on in the dinner party because apparently they'd had a falling out. I think Martha said something about Jessica and Innes in an Instagram Live last year. And um, yeah, so and Cyrell had it out for Jess, who apparently said that her pregnancy was a publicity stunt or something. Apparently NASA said the same thing. Uh, That's rude. And so, of course, she threw wine at her. <laughs> 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 divided the party further with many people on Jess's side. To her credit, I will say Jess actually just walked away. She didn't retaliate in any way, verbal or otherwise, which she said that she was proud of and I guess good on her. Um, I think that the next episode is probably going to be really messy when it comes to Nasa and Cyril. No one else is just really being super problematic as far as I can tell. It's just them. But there is other goss. Um so how much do you guys reckon people were paid for the reunion? Wait. No idea. I didn't oh, even, they were paid? Honestly, yeah. I didn't even think that they would get paid. I was like, uh, really? Really? Yeah, no, they want money. Uh, yeah, I don't think they would have gone, like, they wouldn't have gone back for less than 30000 the episode. Wow. Okay, so Dean told Nova FM recently that he was initially offered $2,500 for his oh. appearance. <laughs> And he, told, 
And he told producers to double it, saying he believes everyone was on roughly the same amount. I don't know if I believe that everyone would be on the same amount. I reckon some people would have negotiated higher. But apparently, NASA said yes straight away after being offered $3,000. So he was likely the lowest paid participant. Apparently, Cam Merchant and Jules Robinson didn't attend because they uh, because producers said no to their $50,000 fee. But other reports... <laughs> Other reports suggest that the couple actually said no because they were offered $60,000 and they wanted more. Um, what? Are you surprised if, if either of those figures are real? Because those two aren't really that big of a deal. No. They But they do somehow find a way to make their whole life sponsored. Like if you look on any of their posts, especially in, when Jules was pregnant, when they were getting married, everything was sponsored. Yeah. But um, it was, yeah, their wedding was... Sorry. No, no. If one person is getting paid three thousand dollars and someone else is getting paid sixty, like that is truly bonkers. And is that yeah. per episode or all of them? Uh, for both episodes. <laughs> what? Only as in as in total? Three, yeah, yeah. Only yeah, three thousand yeah. in total. I not nah, nah, I would be like Cam and Jules. I'd be like, no, nah, sixty thousand or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So um, some other crazy rumours include that um, apparently Mike Gunner was trying to get with Sarah Rosa, which was definitely not shown on Sunday night, if that was true. Um, And after Jessica and Innes had a falling out with Martha last year, they appeared to no longer be friends since filming the reunion together. And Innes is apparently really gushy over Cyrell, who is obviously Jessica's nemesis now, guys. Yeah, clearly. Troy was back you know he seemed very open about wanting to get back together with Ashley but she was very clearly not (laughs) interested in a romantic relationship they did appear friendly though so it looks like they've moved past their split in the last couple of years and yes his laugh is as annoying as ever and yes he did brush his teeth the same way I was gonna ask um will either of you guys be watching the new season of maps when it starts later this month oh I don't think so I think I'm a bit out of out of the habit now. I just like, I don't know. I, and I don't. I, I just. I haven't watched it in a few years, so I just don't think that I will remember to to watch it again. If it was in front of me, though, I know that I would get addicted. But um, yeah, not actively gonna seek it out. Yeah, I uh, when I moved house, uh, we didn't. And like plug in the TV antenna situation, so I don't have free to view, so I'll have to go online and like watch it back. And oh, I don't know. And like when I, I lived with my sister when I watched Mass for the first time, so that was what 2019, 2020. And you and had so someone was, to talk to, yeah, someone to talk to about it. Um, but Lucy, if you want to watch it with me, I'll come over. Um, <laughs> come on, Lucy, do the right thing. <laughs> It's for the podcast. <laughs> well, how about you, Marnie? Well, you, I guess you have to watch it. Partly for I... work. Partly for enjoyment. Yeah, I will definitely have to watch it. Like, this morning, as I was saying, I had to chat to NASA and then I also spoke to Tracy. So I feel like if I'm behind, it would just ruin my uh, my work. Your journalistic <laughs> integrity. I know. Um but I know that after a few weeks, I'll be annoyed at how much of my time it's taking up because it's like four nights a week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like Sunday, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday nights. Yeah. So that's a lot. It's a lot to ask of someone. And then when we've got the <laughs> podcast, like it's it's yeah a lot of time. We're busy people. I know. I know. But I'll get sucked in. I really love the first <laughs> few episodes. I know some people don't like it until it starts getting to like dinner parties and stuff, but... 
I love seeing the weddings and the honeymoons. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sometimes things can just change so drastically as well between the weddings and the honeymoons. And I think that's really interesting. Well, they started airing it in the UK, I believe. Yes. And I messaged a couple of my friends living over there to be like, listen, you know, my friend who I specifically really wanted to watch it, she loves Love Island, like the UK version. Oh, yes. yes. And so I was like, you should watch this show because I think that it's very on brand for you. But it was funny because like when I – told them like a bunch of them came back being like I hate everyone on this show I don't think I can watch it they're all so annoying oh no Uh, it was very funny (laughs) you know what I actually because I think that they're watching Martha and Michael's season with Jessica Power and everything and I actually think I like Martha now interesting Martha and Michael I think she's just like she's very honest about like you know I think she just tells everyone what how it is like what she does with her life and her choices and things. I think I like her. You can kind of respect that in a way. Yeah. Cool. That honesty. On the show, I didn't. But, like, I mean, she has also said that she doesn't love some of the stuff that she did on the show either. So I think she's changed. I think she and Michael are a good couple. And, yeah, I don't know where this came from, but, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You endorse them. You endorse them. Good Uh, good for you and Martha. (laughs) <laughs> I've spoken to her before too, but um, we're not buddy-buddy or anything. <laughs> she didn't pay me to say this. <laughs> Show us your tax receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. That's good enough. And uh, if you could please leave us a five-star rating and review, we would truly appreciate it. If you've ever listened past this point, you know that we would truly appreciate it. (laughs) You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Podcast, and we'd love to have you in our Facebook group, which, as I mentioned, you just search the same thing and we'll pop right up. Sammer, where can we find you on Insta? You can find me at underscore SammerRose underscore. And Steph? I'm at Steph Nitzo. And you can find me at Marnie Dixit. We'll be back in a week. Chat to you then. Bye. Bye.